so glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. Well, thank you, uh, uh, everyone. It is a, it is a privilege to uh, stand up here and um, for you to put your trust in me in terms of uh, bringing, uh, bringing your word. Um, I'm going to be preaching this Sunday and next Sunday. I'm not sure whether the title's up on the, the, the um, slide that you will have seen in your, in your bulletin or the picture. But um, this week and next week, I want to talk about living your best life. Now, that's a really... Um, it's a real buzzword, isn't it? We often see it on our friends' Facebook links when they're in... Well, I didn't see any from Fiji, but... Um, Usually they're in Fiji, they've got a, a nice uh, cup or glass of fruit or something and they're sitting at the beach, sitting on the sand and they say, oh, I'm just living my best life. And it's a really good, um, uh, it's a really good buzzword that uh, we often um, hear today and it's usually to do um, with... Um, having a good time or, or having fun. What I want to do um, this week and next week is add something to that. So it's called Living Your Best Life, Christian or Disciple. So this is a, this is a message um, for us. And I'm going to throw myself in there. So I'm going to try not to use the word you because that's judgmental. And I say you, you and you. I'm throwing myself in and I'm saying either we or I today because sometimes um, what we're doing is we're living our best life and we're sometimes a little bit Christian, a little bit disciple. Now, before you all get confused about what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Christian with a little c. Christian with a little c. And next week I'll be talking about disciple with a capital D. So Christian with a little c. Um, a few weeks ago, I think it was David Deal was here um, and he was talking about salvation. And we often talk about salvation um, in terms of a decision for Christ. But um, he taught me in a little bit more depth about growth of salvation and how there are different stages in our Christian lives and um, the Lord asks us to grow in our salvation. So what I'm doing this morning, though, is I'm talking about us uh, we, you, me, okay, and we are sometimes Christians with a little c. Sometimes we are content to just stay where we are. We're just content to stay at um, the little c stage. And uh, I'm looking around this morning 
Um, and we've got a congregation of 100 people or so, maybe a little bit more than that. But I'm looking around this morning and there's lots of empty chairs. And some of you will immediately say, oh, oh, Steve. But some of us are ill. Some of us are away travelling. Some of us have got family events to go to. But I'm throwing out the challenge uh, to those of us that are here and those of us um, that are perhaps at home and really there's no good reason for us not to be here. It's just a real uh, challenge to me and something that um, has been on my heart for some time. Um, life's pretty precious, isn't it? Who'd agree? Life's a precious, it's a treasure. And without repeating myself too much, I'm now 61 years old and in recent years I've spent uh, months in hospital, mostly with, um, with cancer treatment. And every time I go into hospital, they take more away from me than I had before. Um, it doesn't actually look like it. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, they're taking things out. Um, I should be a lot skinnier than what I am, but that's not the case, unfortunately. Okay. Um, now, the Bible calls our lives a vapour. They call it um, just, a, uh, just a bit of grass in the wind. But nonetheless, it's a very precious commodity. And I really want to encourage people, um, uh, encourage you here, encourage those of you at home to make it the best possible life you can. And, and that means, and we'll be talking about it um, in a lot more detail next week. So if you feel after I've spoken this morning, you feel, oh, that was a bit of a downer, okay, hang on for next week because um, I'm going to talk about the pros and cons of being a Christian with a little c today. Next week I'm going to talk about the pros and cons of being a, um, a disciple. But along with life being precious... It's pretty hard, isn't it? I've had a real feeling, and it, it probably hasn't even got to do with COVID, but, um, but life has got harder for us all. And I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and uh, a non-Christian friend of mine, and she said, oh, don't say that, don't say that, that's just, you shouldn't say that. And uh, I went on to explain why I was saying that to her. But... Um, I think we can all agree that life's precious. Um, but do the rest of you get the feeling that life's hard? It's harder, actually, to get here on a Sunday morning than perhaps it did in the past? Yeah, it, it is difficult for all sorts of reasons. We get, uh, and especially we seem to get busy with, um, with other things. And... Um, Really, what Jesus wants us to do, and we'll cover this in more detail next week, is we want to, he wants us to be consistent and, commit, and committed. Committed commitment and consistency. But 
in our own minds, we think, oh, life is getting a bit harder. And being a Christian is getting harder. We're being maligned now. We're being um, marginalised. There's another M word in there that I wrote, yeah, and minimised. I'm not sure whether it's uh, the persecution that Revelation talked about or uh, uh, that Jesus talked about, about being persecuted, but sometimes life's harder now because being a Christian is harder. And I think sometimes we want to be Christians with a little c. We don't want to be a Christian with a big C. We don't want to make a big uh, fuss about it. In fact, uh, I was talking to somebody a couple of years ago and um, we were talking about sharing our faith and he actually said to me, I don't like talking about my faith because faith is a private thing. Faith is something that you keep to yourself, you know. I don't want to share it with anybody. Okay, is that fair enough? It's not really, is it? It's not, uh, it's not uh, and I don't know where he got that concept from, but it's a good one to fall back on when you want to be a Christian with a little c. You say, well, one of the things I should do as a Christian is share my faith. I'm told to do that. There's, there's uh, verses... Um, the end of Matthew, the Great Commission. Okay, that's what we call it. And, um, but, and we, can't, we, we conveniently forget that. We think, no, I just want to be a little C. Peter wanted to be a little C when um, he was hanging around the fireplaces uh, uh, around the court when Jesus was... Um, uh, being being tried, and somebody spotted him and said, you're one of those disciples, aren't you? You're one of his disciples. And he said, oh, no, no, no. And he said that three times. He wanted to be a Christian, if you like. The term hadn't been invented at that point, but he wanted to be a Christian with a little c because otherwise it was going to make life too difficult. And I just want to use... One example, um, because it's just an easy example to pick on and as I look out across the empty seats here uh, today, Sunday mornings are an easy way of coming in and uh, it's the most accessible way and it was really good Carl this morning just um, saying how special it is Uh, to come in and be part of the family of God. Uh, But it's easy. It's an accessible way of encouraging one another. It's a a really good way of uh, coming before God in private worship, if you like, um, or together, and you can share and you can encourage um, uh, one another. But sometimes, and perhaps... For some of us, on a more regular basis, we look for excuses not to come. And uh, live streaming has certainly been 
an important part of this church remaining <clears throat> to be a vibrant <clears throat> church, but sometimes it can be an excuse <clears throat> when it's much better to be here in person, don't you reckon? Yeah. Is it much better to be here? Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. It is. So, um, but here are some of <clears throat> the reasons uh, why perhaps we're not coming on a Sunday morning. I'm just, and I'm just using that Sunday morning as just a, 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 an example because it's, just a, it's an easy thing, we think, but sometimes the evil one has other ideas and he doesn't want us to be here uh, on a Sunday morning. He doesn't want us to be watching on the live stream. He wants us to be a Christian with a little C and then he doesn't have to worry uh, about us. Okay, so, um, yeah, it's really easy to stop making Sunday morning, uh, to stop making Sunday morning a priority. And I've just been reading a, a little book um, that an older gentleman, he's in his um, late 80s now, but he was one of my spiritual mentors growing up in, um, uh, growing up in New Zealand at our local church. He was a church leader, a very busy uh, business person and farmer. Uh, and he says that um, he can count on his one hand the number of Sundays that he has missed, uh, and it's usually because he uh, was ill. Five times in 89 years he, he missed uh, church on a, on a Sunday morning. But, and as I said, I'm putting myself in here, Don't, I'm, not, uh, I'm not saying you, I'm saying we and I, and um, we did it last weekend, we chose to go to Wollongong for Annie's birthday and we chose to have brunch at a cafe on the beach at Wollongong, you know, living the, the best life, <laughs> okay, and oh, it's Sunday morning. And maybe, with a little bit of thought, we should have gone to um, uh, Annie's church and we should have had lunch afterwards. Just a simple, just a simple rearrangement of the day. So um, I'm, I'm dobbing myself in on that one. But there's lots of good excuses. Um, there's sport, you know. There's shopping. I haven't had time to do any shopping uh, this week, God won't mind if I do my shopping on a Sunday morning. You know, I'm going to Woolworths, I'm providing for my family, uh, putting my family first. Um, birthday parties are one. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I, I can't deprive my child of a, of a birthday party on a Sunday morning, seeing her friends. What about a park run on a Sunday morning? Is that a good excuse? Yeah, it could be because I'm out there in creation, jogging through a park. Not me. I'm I'm just <laughs> I'm just trying to think of people like Carl, who do that sort of thing, uh, or Dan. Oh no, no, Tony, uh, that might do that sort of thing. Not on Sunday morning. I'm not dobbing you in or anything like that. But um, yeah, oh, uh, sorry, Tony. <laughs> um, but we might say, oh, we're, we're out there in creation. I need to, uh, I need a park run. Uh, 
Um, when I, often, and you will probably find too as you're driving to church, there are people out uh, walking, and they're walking the dog, uh, and that can sometimes be for us a, um, a reason. I can say, well, Teddy needs a walk, so, uh, and I need a walk, so God won't mind. Yeah, God won't mind. Um, I've actually, uh, I need to clean some cars down at the car yard is another good option. Okay. Um, I've got some work on the farm to do. But then I think about my mentor and uh, friend and boys rally leader and he's, uh, as a busy farmer, he said that he's missed five Sundays in 89 years. So it makes me think, hmm... And then I think to myself, oh, another one I, I use is, well, I've missed church on Sunday morning, but I'll catch up during the week. I'm going to go to one of our church's uh, Bible study groups. Well, I'm out of luck there because at the moment we haven't got any, as far as I'm aware, any evening Bible study groups. There's a woman's Bible study group that goes quite well. Deb puts her thumb up. So she thinks she's safe. Okay. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm not allowed to go. I'm not allowed to go. It's a woman's Bible study. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm chucking myself in again. Uh, Narelle kindly offered uh, to host our church's monthly uh, prayer meeting um, two weeks ago. It was on a Monday. Um, how many people turned up? Um, Narelle was there because that's where she lives. Yes, Pip? I go to the Excellent, excellent. But the, um, the only other person that went was Leslie. And Leslie said to me, I'll go. And I went, Phew, great, because I've got some car yard work to do. Okay. Um, as a fellow, as one of the eldership team, I should have. Um, I should have gone as well. I had no reason not to go. I could do that work the next day. Okay, so only one person went to that prayer meeting. Um, so are we being Christians with a small c? And thanks, Ken, for reading that uh, passage this morning. We'll just have a quick look at it uh, again for those of you who've got your, um, your phones or... Uh, uh, amazingly, if you've still got a paper version of the Bible in front of you. Um, just a couple of things. And I've always read this uh, passage and thought, um, this, guy's not a, this guy is so far from God. You know, and I thought, poor him. But then I started, um, as I was rereading it in recent weeks, I thought, if this guy was around today there's a very good chance that he would be in church as a Christian but with a small c. Because he's got the right words right from the very beginning. He's using the right terminology. He's, he's using the term teacher. Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? So he's using exactly the right term that he needs to use when he's approaching Jesus. So he knew exactly who Jesus was 
and was asking him some deep questions. And um, Jesus went through uh, things like do not murder, do not commit adultery, uh, honour your mother and father and so on. And the fellow said, well, I do all of those things. And then Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, I like that, if you want to be perfect, um, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. Okay, almost just as a, he, he's ticking, this fellow's ticking off all the boxes and maybe we do that as well. And then right at the very end, almost as a throwaway line, Jesus says, oh, and by the way, um, come and follow me. He was already just choking on his caviar when, um, when Jesus said um, he's got to give away all his possessions. All right. But um, when Jesus said, well, you've got to come and follow me, and if you think about how, the, how Jesus picked up his disciples in the early days. Follow me meant follow me. He had to give up what he was doing and follow him and become part of um, perhaps one of the 12 disciples or perhaps uh, of the many hundreds that used to uh, follow Jesus around as well. And that was the key uh, that was the killer. That was the killer line. It was a throwaway line almost at the end of that uh, where Jesus said, oh, and by the way, you've got to follow me. And we'll talk about that next week, about what that means. It's when we actually really do take um, uh, being a Christian seriously and we become a follower of Christ, not just a Christian with a little c, but a follower of Christ, and we become a disciple with um, a big D. Disciple with a big D. But look, there's got to be some. There's got to be some uh, advantages to being Christian with a little C, because I've thought of them. <laughs> I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've gone through and I've figured some out. So one thing about um, a pro of being a, um, a Christian with a little c and we're using that example of coming to church on a Sunday morning is, hey, our weekends are longer, okay, because we don't have to spend, well, it depends on how, how long I preach for, uh, <laughs> we don't have to spend an hour, oh, it's over an hour now, an hour, an hour and a half in church, I can sleep in. If I get an attack of the guilt, so I, could, I could look at the live stream. But otherwise, if I'm feeling that, um, uh, if I'm feeling a bit tired, um, I can actually um, sleep in. And God won't begrudge me that, will he? Yes, I'll miss out on church, but... Nobody's going to miss me if I'm not there. Well, we'd rather, for those of us that are here this morning, we'd rather all these seats fall, wouldn't we? Yeah. yeah. The children do make up another third, don't they? And they fill a few seats in. But there's a lot of people um, 
a lot of people not here today. Uh, oh, I can think about myself and be indulgent and I can frame up a nice... I could even pinch uh, for, for my Facebook post. I could pretend that I was at Batemans Bay, even if I wasn't, um, and put up, hey, I'm living the best life, so I could do that. Um, I could go out on a party on Saturday night and probably drink a little bit too much, but that doesn't matter because I'm sleeping in. I'm sleeping in the next day because I've already made a decision. Oh, good one here. My bank balance is bigger because I don't have to put any money in the offering. Okay, that's a good one. Um, yeah. Okay, remember, I'm putting... Uh, I'm saying this, okay... Um, another good one is I don't have to be concerned about others because I don't know what they're concerned about anyway because I'm not here at church on Sunday morning. So I don't know what people's needs are anyway. Okay. Um, my children will be happier at home because church is boring. So I'm glad that the kids were really happy about kids' church and it's so amazing uh, the program that Crystal's got going there because the kids do like coming to church. Um, I'm still sure I'll get to heaven. Well, yeah, I'm still sure I'll get to heaven because I do remember that um, one night back when I was 13 years old, there was this really challenging uh, speaker at church and I remember. Uh, so I'm, I'm almost certain that um, I'll be going to heaven. So that's not a bad list of all the pros, is it? Can I get away with that? Can I get away with living that sort of a life? Okay. Well, not sure about that one. You to turn to Luke chapter 12. Because that deals with somebody just like me, perhaps. Luke chapter 12, verses 11 to 21, and I'd like to uh, read it out. It's a parable, but it's um, a fairly straightforward parable. It doesn't need too much uh, explanation. Um, reading from verse 15 of Luke, uh, sorry, from verse 15, um, not verse 11, from verse 15. And this is Jesus speaking. Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Oh, okay, anyway. Mm. Uh, and he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all of my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up here for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink and be merry. So live your best life, basically, is what Jesus is saying. Okay, um, I'm going to live my best life, is what this rich fellow is saying. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded of from you or of you, then you will get what you have prepared for yourself. 
And what do we know about what we've prepared for ourselves? We can't take it with us. We can't take it with us. Uh, verse 21 says, This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself. And here's the killer line right at the end again. Jesus is um, expert at doing this. Okay, so here's the killer line. This is how it will be for anyone or with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich towards God. And often we read that and we say, oh, that poor person. But then sometimes, uh, that poor ungodly person, but sometimes it actually does apply to us, applies to me. All right? Because it's not saying uh, that the person um, is having his life taken because he doesn't believe in God. It's just saying because he is not rich towards God. And we often read the stories and just going back to the idea of meeting on a Sunday morning, we're told more than once in Scripture that we are not to um, give up meeting together. And so that's a really clear indication from the Lord um, that he wants us to meet together. And... um, I was talking. I was talking to. Uh, we had a few issues yesterday in the church leadership team, and uh, I was talking to Nick about it um, because he's actually the regional uh, minister. He looks after uh, churches that, from time to time, have a few little issues, and we had a little issue yesterday. And he said, it's very important for you all to turn up to church tomorrow, which is the service now. He says, do not deprive Jesus of the glory that belongs to him. And that makes me shiver just thinking, uh, just saying that now. And he says, do not, and this is, um, and uh, you can just imagine Nick saying, do not, Stephen, uh, stay away from church tomorrow or do something, okay, or be upset or whatever it is because you must not deprive Jesus of the glory that, uh, that's due his name. So often and, and especially for me in the past with uh, mental health issues some years ago, the last place I wanted to be was here on a Sunday morning. And so I'd send Leslie, but I'd be quite happy and I'd stay home in bed. Okay? But I realise that by doing that, I'm not being rich towards God. Um, and hitting a few issues like the church leadership team did yesterday, that wasn't an, an excuse for me to say, well, I can't preach today. Well, actually, I can't even attend. I don't want to. I don't want to. Okay. All right. So um, we've already started to talk now about the pros, about the cons. We've we've gone from the pros, which really, when you look at it, is pretty weak, isn't it? But now we're going into the cons, and. The key thing from Luke 12 is 
you're not being rich towards God when you're being a Christian with a little c. The other thing is um, I won't be living according to God's plan for my life. And that's a big one. What we do as Christians with a little c is we fit God in around our lifestyle. We've got a lifestyle now, haven't we? We've got a lifestyle which sometimes means that we are here on a Sunday morning and sometimes doesn't. If we're on the church roster, well, we're here. But if we're not on the church roster, we're not here because we've got something else on. We've got something else on. Isaiah chapter 30 talks about um, a particular time in the the children of Israel's um, uh, history where they chose to do other things. Children of Israel, um, you know, they, I, I, it'd be interesting to work out how many times they did do the right thing and how many times they did the wrong thing. But anyway, they are terrific lessons for us to learn from these people. But um, Isaiah chapter 3, this is, this is a time where Israel needed some political help, needed some financial help, and they thought that they could go to Egypt for it. Um, and Isaiah says, Woe to the, uh, well, God says to the children of Israel, Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord, to those who carry out plans that aren't mine, forming an alliance, but not by my spirit, heaping sin upon sin, who go down to Egypt without consulting me, who look for help um, for Pharaoh's protection, to Egypt's shade for refuge. But Pharaoh's protection will be your shame. Egypt's shade will bring you disgrace. And to be honest, I don't think I've... Before I was doing the prep for this sermon, I didn't think... I, I don't think I've read those words before. But it's pretty telling, isn't it? When we've got, when we've got that, um, we've got that uh, scripture and then we've got the other scripture that we all know that says, I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you, all of that sort of thing, and yet we choose the Isaiah 30 option. We choose to not consult uh, God, to go and do what we want to do. Um, the other, uh, another uh, con is uh, I will have regrets. I will have regrets. And as I get um, older... Yes, I'm only 61, but as I said, most of my parts inside are missing, so I'm not sure how much longer I've got. But um, I've started to think about, well, do I have any regrets? If I was to pass away now, would I have any regrets? And 2 Corinthians says um, in in, um, uh, 2 Corinthians 7... Uh, verse 10, I think it is. Let me just have a look. Um, yeah. And we're talking about, and um, what Paul is talking about here is 
Godly sorrow and sinful sorrow. We have godly sorrow when we realise how bad sin is. And sometimes we have sorrow when uh, we've just given in to sin. And so uh, verse 10 says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation. Excellent. Okay. So that's a good discipleship move if we're thinking about that. And um, it leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. But worldly sorrow brings death. Further on, it says about... um, I'll come to that in a moment, actually. Um, 2 Corinthians uh, 7, verse 10. So godly sorrow brings repentance and leaves no regret. And the inference is that any other sort of um, sorrow will bring regret. Um, Another one is my children will not be motivated to live a life of faith. um, Children imitate their parents. So if I'm being a little C uh, Christian, a little C Christian parent, and I'm doing something as simple as not coming to church on a Sunday morning, and it is simple and straightforward usually, my children will not be motivated to carry on. So bang, all of a sudden, we got my, uh, my journey, my Christian journey, and Leslie's Christian journey started from our parents that were first-generation Christians. So they made the decision. It might have been at a Billy Graham crusade, It might have been somewhere else. But then they passed their faith on to uh, our generation. But if we didn't uh, um, show them and demonstrate to them just the, the simple act of coming to church on a Sunday morning, that's where it stops. That's where it stops. Children are just going to go on and there's going to be no Christian heritage for them to... Uh, lean on. Um, again, another uh, one, and, and, and again, this is a scripture that uh, I read with fresh eyes in the last few weeks, where the disciples are, are trying to stop the children coming to Jesus. And Jesus said, "Let them come, let them come." And they ended up, they ended up on his knee and all crawling all over him, and he said. For the kingdom of God belongs to such people as these, to such children as, as these. And if you're not, if you don't like, if you don't act like a child when you come to me, uh, well, you won't inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's in that story's in Luke 18. Um, but I'm wondering, as parents, are we actually hindering our children? Again, we use the example of a Sunday morning. If we're thinking, ah, it's better if the children sleep, it's better if they stay at home, are we actually hindering them? Are we, you know, that's, that's stretching that story a little bit, but it made me think that we are stopping our children from going to kids' church and enjoying a great time next door here. Okay, so, yeah, that's another con. I'll have no resources when the going gets tough. All right, is another con. Another downside. And boy, we were talking before and I was asking you questions about whether you thought that life was getting harder and I think we all agree that 
Yeah, for most of us, it probably is. And we won't have any of those resources. I, I, thank, uh, I thank God uh, for a Christian upbringing where, um, well, hindsight's a wonderful thing. I do now. At the time, perhaps church was boring, and church, but stuff got in, uh, um, stuff got into my head from those boring church services I used to sit through. Um, things got into my head through the family family worship that mum and dad used to do with us most nights after dinner. And so I've got resources. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying um, that uh, I, I don't get despondent, but. I don't want to be um, like the um, people uh, that the writer to the Hebrews was talking about. Um, and I, I'm going to close up very soon. My half an hour is up. Okay, Hebrews chapter 5, uh, verses 11. Um, We have much to say about this, and this is a warning about slipping away. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you're slow to learn. In fact, though, by this time you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths still, the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk Being still an infant is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So we're going to be concentrating on that next week and you're all going to feel good about it. Okay. Um, All right. And that's one of the pros of being a disciple. But if we stay as a Christian with a small c will have no resources or very little resources and we can fall apart and we can really fall away. And the last one is one that I've often thought about when and it's not it's not um, theologically correct uh, really um, and that is God will be disappointed in me. God will be disappointed. I will get to, I will get to heaven as a Christian in a little sea. I will get to heaven, uh, and I'll get into heaven. But God will look disapprovingly on me. So that's my concept. That's that's actually not um, uh, not a true representation. God is never disappointed in you. However, He can be. Sad and um, Ephesians 4 verse 30 talks about grieving the Holy Spirit and it's in the context of uh, living the best life you possibly can uh, as a Christian and when you don't, it's something that can grieve the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's being illustrated as a living, breathing entity that feels just the same emotions that we do and he can be grieved by uh, our inability to live uh, our best life as a disciple. He can, sorry, he can be um, 
grieved by us being Christian with a little c. So that's fairly sobering, isn't it? He's not uh, disappointed in us, but it does make him sad. A little bit of a... Maybe that's just semantics, but, um, yeah, still it's uh, important to uh, remember that. But, and this will lead in, but, and I'm finishing now, but, okay, um, it's just one verse, it's not another page of notes, 2 Chronicles 7.14, 2 Chronicles 7.14, um, and this this verse has stuck with me because when we lived in Canberra, when we first moved from Adelaide uh, back in the early 90s, I went to a prayer group that prayed for our uh, politicians and it was called the 714 group and a group of uh, us men from a variety of churches used to get together in a cafe at 714, I can't remember what day of the week it was, but uh, we, were call- we called ourselves the 714 group. And um, the verse is, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. It's fantastic, isn't it? All right? So sorry that's been a bit of a downer journey for you this morning. Um, But there's always a way out. There's always a way out uh, with God. And we can start again. There's always that opportunity um, to start again. And as Rachel and the rest of the crew come back up again, yeah, just want to read that uh, again. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Let's pray. Lord, perhaps we are Christians with a little c. Perhaps we're routinely that. Lord, sometimes we are trying to be disciples and we'll talk about that next week and we just fall into being a little C again. But Lord, there is a way out. There is a way out, Lord, and it means turning our lives around a little bit, changing our lifestyle, perhaps so that we can be like that old friend of mine that's missed church a half a dozen times in 89 years. And Lord, just coming to church on a Sunday morning is not the be-all and end-all of living a discipleship life, but it's a start. It's a restart. And thank you, Lord, that you give us the opportunity to start again. And thank you, Lord, that if we call out to you and we say, well, living our best life as a little Christian is not working. Lord, you will hear us. You will answer. You will answer us 
and you will restore us. You will heal our land. You will heal our families. You will heal the situations that we find ourselves in. So we thank you, Lord, for that precious promise. And we want to promise, Lord, to you that we will do better. Lord, we look forward to next week where you will teach us about, again, being a disciple. And there are pros and cons to being a disciple, Lord, but ultimately it's rewarding. It's the most rewarding thing that we can do in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for this in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in his word, stay in his love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.